You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. It's March Madness time, and we are so glad you're with us here. Illini Guys, Sports Spectacular, Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, Brad Sturdy, cast of thousands at Gamebridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis for the Big Ten Tournament. Didn't turn out the way the only would have liked. The top seed getting upset on Friday morning, Friday afternoon, really just after lunchtime, 65-63. It's a game that Illinois had a chance uh, to, to do, but again, the offense coming up short late. And uh, just enough plays by Indiana for the second straight day. They did the same thing against Michigan on Thursday. Uh, Not that they really outplayed the Wolverines, but took advantage of their opponent's mistakes. And they are the ones in the semifinal. Before we get to that, though, I want to talk. The one thing we haven't talked about yet on the show is um, the big story out of Major League Baseball. Uh, Brad, I know you're a big baseball fan. How about that? I mean, we went from MLB, like canceling games again, and like talks were going nowhere with the players. All of a sudden, boom, we've we've got an agreement and we've, we've got a season. Yeah, it's it's great to have baseball back, and it's great that they could come to an agreement. Um, you know, you know, spring training starting next week, and then um, you know, first games April seventh. But it, the the only problem I have with this is you wonder why they couldn't get this done sooner and not have to cancel games. Um, and you know, it's good they're going to get 162 games. Then we got those seven inning double headers. I'm not a fan of, but but overall, you know, it's, I'm glad we'll have baseball back. But at the same time. Let's hope this doesn't happen for uh, for a long time. It's it's just not a good thing. Yeah, I agree with that totally. And it seems like the NFL has kind of learned you don't need labor stoppages. And I'm happy for baseball fans that they're going to have the sport they love back. And it's nice to see that calmer heads prevailed and they figured out a way to split a nearly infinite pie of money two ways. So I'm happy that that got done and um, good for baseball fans. Yes, not like they're trying to divide a you know twenty among the three of us, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get by on billions of dollars, it really is. <laughs> Feel bad for those guys. Uh, it's like guys revenue. Exactly. <laughs> trying to figure out who who gets the Maserati this week. Um, but yes, uh, you're exactly right. Baseball coming back. I think it's uh, April seventh. Talking about the uh, actual season beginning there. Um, the season, the second season begins for Illinois next week in the NCAA tournaments. We mentioned. Uh, the loss on Friday in the Big Ten tournament, 65-63 uh, for this. Hats off to Indiana. Hats off to Trace Jackson Davis. I have been critical of him, if you guys know. Uh, I've watched so many Indiana games over the last three years, and this was the first time I saw him hit a jump shot. It was, and I'm not kidding. And I, I, and I put that, I said, he finally hit a jump shot. I finally have seen him hit that outside, uh, outside jumper. Um, and that's something, too, that now you look at, you know, with, with Indiana, it appears this in. It appears Rutgers getting some love. They may be in. We're looking at a nine-bid league, possibly, and it just speaks so well, again, for uh, the coaching and the players and the staffs uh, that we see here in the Big Ten. Yeah, it's a it's an extremely talented league. I don't know if the Big Ten has a team that is like one of those elite teams, but there are a lot of really good teams, and they have some great players. I, I think that you know when you look at those All-American teams, you see five, six Big Ten guys on the first two or three teams. I mean – it's really amazing what, what kind of talent they have. And you know they have great coaching, great preparation. So um, we'll see how that translates to the tournament. They have definitely have more individual talent than they've had at any time that I can remember as far as just lottery picks out on the floor for them. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a really exciting time. Uh, no, There's no favorites across the country. You know, even number one isn't really that great like what we saw last year. So uh, the Big Ten's got a ton of talent. Will they be able to adapt and play in the – who knows? We'll find out, I guess. 
I could see the Big Ten having um, everybody get bounced in the first round. I could see the Big Ten with two or three teams going to the final four. It's all about matchups. Yeah, that's so true. Let's talk about that now, bracket projections. And, and, and that's the next thing, really, in terms of where does uh, this team go from here? Now, as we mentioned uh, before, we've been talking on a lot There was that possibility that Illinois could wind up right back here in Indianapolis if they had won the Big Ten uh, tournament or at least gotten to the finals. Uh, but it appears now that probably is out the window. I think that probably will still fall to Purdue. We'll see what the committee thinks. But still probably a better chance of going to Milwaukee. Brad, I know you follow this really closely. Uh, what, are the, what are the wins telling you? I mean, Milwaukee seems like the logical uh, choice um, with Wisconsin, both Illinois and Wisconsin and Milwaukee um, as a top four seed protected with geography. I think that's probably the best fit. And then, um, you know, then they get a 13 seed. I, I think that, you know, Indy would have been nice for a lot of people, but Milwaukee's not too bad either. He can't, can't complain about that. Um, but then they get a 13 seed uh, as a four, and probably you're looking at somebody like, you know, we mentioned uh, Toledo out of the Mac, maybe, or uh, Vermont, Chattanooga, who has uh, interesting ties to Illinois, by the way. If they play them, we'll we'll talk about that. But Toledo, or maybe the Mac gets an upset. And Akron, I haven't seen the Mac tournament. Can Akron come out? Can we can we have the John Gross, the Fighting John Grosses against Illinois? I'm not certain if that's going to happen, but but we'll see. I do think it will be interesting to see just how many uh, Ill- connections to Illinois' past will be out there in our in the brackets for the Illini. Will we see Bruce Pearl and his Auburn uh, team there for the Illini to run into? Will we see if Loyola of Chicago makes it in? Will we see, um, you know, just as you talked about Tennessee Chattanooga, there's so many storylines. Kentucky would be another team. And there's so many storylines, and I know the NCAA likes to bake a little bit of that in the cake. It could be a very interesting uh, NCAA tournament for some of those historical reasons, as well as on the court. Well, you're exactly right. I think that Bruce Pearl's chances of a number one may have slid away in their upset loss at Texas A&M, which we haven't talked about yet, and uh, their uh, SEC opener in the quarterfinal round there. Um, that may open the door for Kentucky and, of course, the two former Illinois assistants now with the Wildcats yet again, Antigua and Coleman. And so it could wind up. You could have a Sweet 16 matchup in Chicago of Kentucky and, and Illinois. And on the other side of the bracket, you could see an Auburn and Bruce Pearl, uh, or you could see a, a Kansas with Bill Self. Yeah, if Illinois is in the Sweet 16, I'm happy with any of those matchups, you know, because that means Illinois is in the Sweet 16, right? But, no, it would be a lot of fun. I mean, so many storylines for us to write about and talk about with uh, Kansas or Kentucky or even Bruce Pearl, although we've written that one a lot. Um, so, But, uh, yeah, I think the Kansas or Kentucky matchups would be a lot of fun and, and make it interesting. Yeah, especially, you know, just I think the stories that would be out there of, uh, you know, you and Orlando – being reunited again, Brad and Orlando, that would be hilarious, but uh, it would certainly, hey, I'll it would be a funny story. I was texting him the other day. He said, we're going to play golf. Um, Cause I think he still wants to lose to me in golf, but anyway, um, he, uh, <laughs> we're going to play golf. So maybe it'll be final. Maybe we can do it in the sweet 16 in Chicago. Yeah. That, that would be quite the golf tournament. The way the, the weather has been recently, you might want to hope they're playing somewhere down in Fort worth or somewhere like that. So you can get out and hit it in some nice weather. That's right. <laughs> so, a lot of possibilities. And again, Selection Sunday coming up at 5 p.m. Central Time uh, after the Big Ten Championship game, and that'll be on CBS. We'll all be waiting. And of course, we'll have full coverage for you on IlliniGuys.com. We'll take a quick time out right now. Much more to come here on the Sports Spectacular. You're hearing it on the Illini Guys radio network. 
Illini Guy Sports Spectacular right back here as it's uh, Big Ten Tournament weekend as we talk a little college hoops here. Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley. We've got Kedrick Prince and Matt Stevens here. Uh, that's how deep we roll in Indianapolis. Like you have the entire Illini Guys section at uh, the Fieldhouse uh, in Nap City. College hoops right now. This week on IlliniGuys.com. I know you saw it because I know you remember because I know you want the inside stuff first and I know... You want a part of that $1,000 bracket challenge that only Illini Guys members uh, are a part of. So I know those things. But for those couple of you who didn't see it, we did our own second annual Illini Guys All-Big Ten team this uh, this week and um, got some comments on the message forums. So one big question, guys, Jaden Ivey, J- Jaden Ivey, I should say, of, of, of Purdue on the, the first team and the question, why Ivey on the first team? Your thoughts? I think Ivey's just a – he's the – the fifth one was a little bit tougher, but, uh, you know, you just didn't find anybody who took his spot, you know, at, at that point. I would have given it to a guy where I did vote for a guy that a lot of people probably wouldn't like, but Trace Jackson Davis, would have, would, he would have been my fifth guy. I just think Ivy was off flash. I think because people know he's an NBA lottery pick or he's an NBA player, you know, sometimes you get, you know, the guys calling the games to hype these guys up and they love the fact because he may make one spectacular play, but he may go two for 12 after that. I just don't think he was consistent enough for me. He doesn't shoot it well enough for me. He doesn't shoot free throws great. And I think a lot of games he scored points, he was bailed out because he was he got to the free throw line. So I just – I wasn't a fan, and I just wish sometimes some of these guys wouldn't hype these guys up because he probably wouldn't have made the first team all Big Ten. And I just – I am I just think there was other guys that were deserving. For me, like Sturdy said, like there was a tier level here, and I, I, I almost wanted somebody else to take that fifth spot, and nobody did. And the reason I don't think anybody did was because they, they would have – you know, a, a stretch of a couple of weeks where they would just, you know, float away. And for the most part, Jaden Ivey was putting up double figure scoring. And um, my, my concern with Ivy was on the defensive end of the floor. And then just on how ev- after the Illinois game where he put up the best Glenn Robinson impression I've ever seen in my life, um, he kind of tapered off, but I don't feel like um, he was completely gone from that Purdue team. If you look at the numbers, um, from about mid-February on. And so I, I, I left him in as, as the fifth guy. And But you, you just almost felt like you wanted somebody else to break through. And I just didn't feel like Malachi Branham, who would have been my fifth guy, um, was consistent enough in his freshman year to make that next leap into the top tier. Yeah, I was looking for somebody else to put on there, but I couldn't find anybody. Uh, Ivy's you know disinterest on the defensive end was made him hard to put there but there was nobody who could outdo him. And when it comes to potential, he still may be darn close to the highest NBA potential in the Big Ten. Yeah, he's somebody that I think that uh, you're right. It was kind of a waiting that other person. Uh, Ked, you're right, Trace Jackson Davis, but he's a player too. I just didn't feel uh, completely comfortable putting him there. Um, and so that debate continues. I think an even better debate is, is coach of the year. Greg Gard was our coach of the year and everyone else's coach of the year. But there is a really loud and compelling argument to be made for Brad, uh, Brad Underwood and, and what he did for the, this Illini program going back to uh, last summer and all the changes and then even in season, all the things he went through and to get the team uh, their championship. Yeah, I mean, and obviously I think Underwood's a great candidate. I think Fran McCaffrey's a great candidate. I think either one of those guys in many years could have won based on what they did with what they had and how they overcame obstacles. But the thing about Greg Gard is, all I heard all year was Wisconsin isn't that good. Wisconsin isn't that good. And they won the Big Ten. So 
if they're not that good, then he must be a really good coach. <laughs> well, I can certainly understand why he won it. Um, I do. They were picked to finish between eighth and tenth in the Big Ten by everybody. We all picked picked them to finish that low because, you know, they lost a lot of good players and a lot of kids left. And uh, it's unfortunate for Coach Underwood. It's just a bad time because I think every year the, the award is given to a coach or a lot of these players based off certain things. And, you know, I think this year, you know, Brad Underwood, he did. He overcame a lot of coaches and players being out, the best players being out, and they still tied for the conference title. However, it wasn't enough because Illinois was supposed to finish first, second, or third. So I think this is just a bad year, and I understand the fact that fans are probably upset because he has had a great run for the last three years, and it's not fair to him, you know, that other teams have, I don't want to say gotten lucky, but Greg Gard kind of got lucky and, you know, and with their schedule. We, we, we talked about it before, Northwestern and, you know, Nebraska and Penn State getting to play those teams twice. That would be kind of nice. For me, it was who wins the league and Ty goes to Wisconsin and Greg Gard. And that's kind of as simple as I can make it. Had, um, had tip to Sturdy for this. I think that they were 16-2. and two. On, in games that were decided by six points or less or went into overtime. And one of those two losses was the season finale against Nebraska, which, um, you know, I, I had kind of already had it wrapped up that Greg Gard was going to be my coach of the year because Wisconsin was at least going to tie for the league title. Um, I, I think I think Brad Underwood would be the first to admit that the talent level on his roster and the talent level on Wisconsin's roster just doesn't compare. And again, that doesn't mean that Brad Underwood's not an excellent coach. Trust me, I've told Illini fans to back off Brad Underwood, so I think he's a really good coach. But I think that Greg Gard just did wonders with a team that I just don't think had any business winning the league, and sure enough, they did. Yeah, and I had um, Underwood winning it, but I understand Gard based on the fact that his roster isn't as good as Illinois, even if Ellen, if you take out the injuries Illinois dealt with. But um, I think the real um, frustration probably for Underwood was losing last year to a team that we should have been tied with for the title and a team that you beat by 30 at their place. Uh, and Jawan Howard somehow gets it. So this year I had no problem with guard winning it, even though I would have leaned towards Underwood. True. I think Underwood has a lot of honors in his future. I think we'd all would agree on that. Another uh, award that's uh, been up for discussion, Trent Frazier does not win Defensive Player of the Year. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think Trent's the best defensive player in the Big Ten. I really do. But I understand people just use thoughts like, you know, steals or whatever. And and, and I, I don't want to say that I think McConnell isn't a really good defender, too. So it's like, I can I understand why they didn't win, but one thing I will say is, I still think Trent Frazier is probably uh, he was the guy that, when you're getting ready to play it play against him, you're wondering like how diff you're just thinking how difficult it's going to be to go up them, and we talk about him taking souls of other players, and we've seen that, and I think he just imposes his will, so maybe uh, but I I understand it as well. Well, I've been a big Trent Frazier fan since the day that kid committed because he stayed loyal and I love his family. But I have to be honest, I understand kind of why. And I think some of these awards are political. You know, Trent made second team all Big Ten. I, you know, giving him the all, you know, the defensive player of the year award. Brad Underwood 
made it really clear to all of us in the, who, who was at that press conference that Trent Frazier is the best defensive player in the country. I know the coaches heard that. Um, both guys were good. And, Brad, you mentioned the comment about taking the soul out of, you know, the offensive players that they guard. Both of those guys present challenges. I mean, they're just tough to score against. And I, you can't go wrong. It's like we talked about with the coach of the year. You know, it's an award that, you know, it could have went either way. But I think in the end, I think they probably looked at the steals and those type of things and it's probably what hurt Trent. But like you said, you know – you know, going against Trent, you're going to have to score. But also, I was told, you know, earlier that later in the year, Trent got hurt because people were starting to post him up a little bit, and he wasn't a, he wasn't as effective, and that didn't happen to McConnell. Yeah, I wish you could have given it to two players, to be honest with you. I would have given it happily to, you know, McConnell, who I voted for, or Trent Frazier. I've got no issue with either one. Uh, with all due respect to Brad Underwood, who I know was pumping Trent all year long, Rightfully so for defensive player of the year. I didn't look at stats. I think off the ball and on the ball, Caleb McConnell is one of the biggest pain in the rears I've ever seen on defense. And I, again, you could give it to both guys. I respect the way that both guys guard guys on, on out on the perimeter and that through, through screens that they constantly get. So you could have given it to either one of those guys. I gave it to Caleb McConnell because I saw him in a lot of games just shut the best guy down. Although I watched live Trent Frazier do the exact same thing. So it was, it was, McConnell by a nose, but it wasn't by much. Yeah, I gave it to McConnell for one reason, one reason only. He's just bigger, so he can go he can go across a little bit larger um, size of guys that he can shut down. Um, but nothing against Trent Frazier. I thought that either one could have won it. Um, just I just went with the bigger guy. Talking here with the Illini guys on the Sports Spectacular about uh, the Illini guys all Big Ten team picks this week. Another one. Freshman of the year. You know, it's funny. Bryce McGowan's was probably a month ago a shoe in for this, but it, it kind of felt like Malachi Branham uh, came out of nowhere. Maybe just maybe from my perspective, uh, the outstanding Ohio State freshman, the big game against Illinois may have solidified this uh, for him in the minds of everyone who voted. Yeah, I just I looked at Branham's stats in Big Ten play. I think a lot of people look at overall stats and things like that in Big Ten play. Malachi Branham averaged 16.3 points a game. He shot 54% from two-point range. He shot 47% from three-point range. He was fourth in the league in efficiency um, at 121.8 versus McGowan's at 99.6 in league play. So, to me, Branham just made sense. I know that McGowan's had all the hype, but Malachi Branham is a legit, um, just a budding star in this league. I want to be short with mine. I, I mean, I'm sorry. Malachi is just at a different level to me. I, What he was able to do, and he just took over, and there, there was, I don't know, I can't say because I didn't watch every Ohio State game or cover Ohio State, but, you know, there were, I mean, he could easily be the best player on their team. He made it tough for a lot of opponents, and I know this. I've, I've talked to a few NBA scouts, and I'm telling you, he's on that list. That kid is special, and, and I – as a you know, Big Ten guy, if he leaves, I won't be sad about it. <laughs> I wondered if Holtman did something different because if you if you look at the numbers, he had one double digit scoring effort through the first two months of the year, and then they went on a COVID pause, and he didn't have less than fifteen the rest of the year. And it's just so strange that he just took off like a rocket. But I I just I felt like he was the best 
1A option for Ohio State, along with EJ Liddell. And when they lost Dwayne Washington from last year's team, they needed at least a second banana to, to go with EJ. And that kid just took over that mantle with, with ease and, and, and allowed Ohio State to be a really dangerous team this come, at, during this part of the year. And I, I just I give that kid all the credit in the world for just taking off after the first two months of his college season and, and really turning it on. Yeah, and doing some some research for Eye on the Illini when we were doing an Ohio State preview with the Locked On Buckeyes guys, um, I was so impressed by what Branham did during the end of the Indiana overtime game where basically they chose to go to him first instead of E.J. Liddell. Then he backs it up with a great game at Illinois, and it was just, I mean, uh, look, that guy, I there's no way I would – wait till the second round to draft him if I was an NBA team. So I said that about Io. So hopefully I haven't cursed him, but that is a heck of a, he's a heck of a player. Well, he's one of those players that, and we talk about this so many times, you get so many freshmen who come out with hype out of high school. They may or may not live up to that hype in their freshman year in college. Then they're off to a lottery pick and you still don't know what you're getting. Branham's a kid who came in and showed he can not just play on this level, but excel at this level. And he's the kind of kid that gets you excited about whatever his future uh, may bring. There's no question about that. So that's our, our, our Big Ten picks there. Our Illini guys, uh, all Big Ten team. There it is. Uh, Coach of the year, defensive player of the year, freshman of the year. Hey, we've got just a couple of minutes here before we have to take a, a quick commercial break. Uh, home finale last Sunday. Guys, a lot of recruits there and, and some buzz coming out um, after that. Um, what can you guys tell us, the experts? Yeah, I, I, thought, um, you know, I thought it was great to get those guys on campus. You had a Sunday game. Finally, a weekend game at home where, you know, they didn't have the conflict of other games. So you're able to get so many kids on campus. And as their seasons are winding down, some of them were done. And so you're able to get up, you know, some of the best players in Illinois, obviously commitments like Ty Rogers, Marez Johnson, who also had their Mean Streets uh, teammates, Nogestindersitis and James Brown, who um, Illinois is really pushing hard on. And they're hoping to, uh, you know, land uh, one of those two guys in state. And there was also a, a bunch of out-of-state kids, kid, as well. It was a bunch of out-of-state kids. And I actually just have to give kudos, you know, to the entire coaching staff. They had a plethora of basketball recruits there that were just top-notch kids. You talk about kids that are being out-of-state. We saw Coleman Hawkins' twin at birth, Spencer Elliott, a six-time <laughs> kid out of Atlanta, Georgia. I mean, this guy's been talked about on Twitter and everywhere. And, you know, um, but just to plug IlliniGuys.com, if you really want to know what these, you know, what these kids were thinking and what they thought about the game and being there in that environment, make sure you get a subscription to us because I'm going to tell you, we have a lot of information about how what they thought of the visit. Uh, they had a kid from Iowa. Caden Wilkins was a kid there who was getting some Illinois interest and, you know, and that's kind of different because you're getting a kid from Iowa and it was, they're playing Iowa for the big team championship or excuse me, well, they beat Iowa for the big team championship. So it was a good recruiting weekend overall. I think it was very successful. That was a good environment for them, for the fans to see that and the recruits, the recruits was, they were in all, and they partied with the guys afterwards. Yeah. You also had, uh, you know, Peoria, Notre Dame, Cooper Koch, um, there, um, who was, you know, his, his dad actually, you know, JR played at Iowa. Um, so that's an interesting thing. I was joking with him about his dad making sure he didn't wear Iowa gear into the state farm center <laughs> might not have gone well. Um, and then, uh, yeah. uh, a kid from Ohio, Devin Royal, who is a fantastic, you know, player, athlete, shooter, six, six wing who can play inside, play out, 
just a really good player that uh, Chester Frazier's built a really strong relationship with. So yeah. uh, lots of recruits and, and lots of fun stuff there to see these guys uh, on campus. And not to mention, you know, I think uh, Cannon mm-hmm. Catchings, right? Um, who is, who's, whose mom played at Illinois back in the day. Um, so yeah, great and group can, of recruits. I, you really can't do much better than that. I'll tell you a, a guy real quick here. He's going to become a fan favorite. Just mark my words and remember this radio show. Morez Johnson will become a fan favorite. This kid was all over the State Farm Center talking to every recruit. Um, you know, uh, James Brown told me he was going to wait, you know, to commit, you know, in a year or two. Morez Johnson told me right in front of his face, no, you're not. You're coming to Illinois. He was sitting <laughs> courtside for a while. This kid was loving the fans, and he is a fan favorite. And I don't think – I think – you know what he is? He's a Trent Frazier. I think if there were six coaching changes, which is never going to happen, he will still be committed to Illinois. That kid loves his state university. So, remember Morez Johnson from St. Rita, who's already committed. Yeah, Morez Johnson, class of 2024 power forward, still with room to grow too, and he's going to be a top 50 talent, if not then some, by the time he finishes – his prep career and head south to uh, Don the Orange and Blue. And like you said, he may bring some friends with him, it looks like. All right, guys, it's the uh, roundtable here in the Atlanta Guys Sports Spectacular. Many thanks to Ked and Matt. We will talk with you next week. Much more to come here on the show, the Sports Spectacular. She's the Illini gal, Adelia McKenzie, talking about uh, a wild week for the women's basketball team. We'll get the goods. That's next. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. I'm DeMonte Williams. When it comes to hustling on the court, that's easy. You know what else is easy? OSF On-Call Urgent Care. That's right, DeMonte. When you need care for minor illnesses and injuries that's easy to get when and where you need it, OSF On-Call Urgent Care is your MVP. Walk in 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even holidays, or connect with a virtual visit 24-7, 365 days a year. Visit osfoncall.org slash urgentcare. Since Busey Bank first opened our doors in 1868, we have built upon a tradition of close relationships and broad financial capabilities. Our experienced team provides the highest level of personalized service to ensure we accomplish your goals, simplifying your wealth management and business lending needs, and ensuring a legacy for generations. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Glad you're still with us here on the Sports Spectacular. We're at the men's basketball tournament for the Big Ten Conference this week. Last week, it was the women's, and uh, and and what a rush. The big win against uh, Wisconsin on night number one, but then things come up short and the second night against Nebraska, and so the season is over. Adelia McKenzie, she's the Illini gal, joining us as she does each week. Adelia, always good to talk with you. Um, disappointing the way that, that the season ended with the loss, but, uh, but talk about this year, and, and um, well, let's, let's start with the tournament and, and how things went in the two games last week. Uh, the tournament was fun. It was my first time being there, so it was a good experience. Winning the first game was huge for us because we haven't won in a while. But the second game was we lost to Nebraska. It was a tough game, but we fought pretty well. But um, this season has been a really long season and tough one. Like, we really didn't do well, but we do have potential, though. So I think that's what helps us, like, look forward to next year. 
Delia, obviously, you know, you get some, um, I don't know how, how soon you knew or how, how you heard about it, but, uh, with coach Faye resigning, how does that, um, impact you and, and what are your thoughts on, on, on that situation? Um, the situation is pretty sad, but you know, a lot of people are going to do what's best for them. And I've learned you can't really take things personal when it comes to basketball. So I know she's no longer our coach, but there's always a bright side of something. Like we're about to get a new coach. And I think that's something exciting to look forward to because, you know, the new coach coming in, new things are going to happen, new changes. And I'm all about growth. So, like, that's something I'm looking forward to with the new coach. So, Adelia, you can't control, obviously, anything about, you know, who the new coach is. But what can you do to make your game better? And what will you focus on uh, yourself to improve for next year? To improve, I really am just going to focus on being more consistent with my shot. Like so far with the three-point shot, I can't shoot the ball. I just drive to the basket because, like, that's my specialty, and it's just easy. But I do want to score more on all three levels. Like, I have the mid-range game. Like, that's my favorite as well. But I just want to focus on kind of being – completing my game all around. And I also just want to – prove that I deserve to play like if having a new coach doesn't mean I'm gonna immediately have that spot to have any minutes so I kind of feel like it's gonna be freshman year all over again and have to prove a point and show my game and I like that challenge talking here with Adelia McKenzie of the uh, fighting Illini women's basketball team she's an Illini gal joins us here every week on the sports spectacular I do want to go back to uh, what Brad asked you and 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 last week with um, you know, things kept happened pretty rapid succession. Like you mentioned the, the win against Wisconsin one day, the next day loss against Nebraska. And then the next day, the resignation of, of a coach Faye, the hall of famer. When, when did you know that she was going to resign? Did you know that at the tournament or, or did you find out when you guys got back to campus? We found out, uh, the day after we lost to Nebraska. So that morning, that's when we found out. And what was that like hearing that? hearing that, that news is someone you, I, you've, we've spoken so many times, someone you're very close to, and you have a, a great respect for. It was like, kind of like the first thought was like, dang, like, you know, it was kind of, it was just like a hard thing to hear, you know, like your coach that you've been recruited by, like is no longer going to coach you. So it was just like, oh, dang, but I'm a very optimistic person. So I always try to look at the positive. I'm just like, okay, it's not like she's gone and we're not going to have another coach. So, I mean, it's sad, but can't stay sad for too long. Got to keep moving. Yeah, that, that's good. You, you you guys won't have to coach yourselves. Mike always tried to coach himself when he played because <laughs> he thought he knew more than the coach. So, that's um, why you I didn't play in college. Him, so that's <laughs> <laughs> so, Maybe. Um, but as you kind of look at this – Corey Irvin is is kind of been she's the interim I guess right now what are you guys doing in your offseason right now you saw more out some things and meetings and trying to just to get prepared for for the offseason for next year um so we have a meeting this we have a meeting um coming up and then we um have workouts in April because then we have spring break and then we have that week of school after that but then April that's when workouts start back up 
and then we have the whole month of May off. So right now we're just having meetings so far as like what's the plan. When it comes to this year, looking back, is there any moment that you would put up there as maybe your favorite moment of the season? Um, and it doesn't I, have to be it doesn't have to be the deodorant story. It can be, <laughs> it can be anything. Now that's our favorite moments, but yeah. yeah. Um, I would say my favorite moment is playing in a tournament. And winning that first game was good, but I'm always just playing under the bright lights, but that court was just different. Like, I felt like I was on – I was on the NBA court. I was on the NBA court, but it was just like, wow. Like, kind of felt like I made it. That's how I felt when I played on the court, but it was a really good experience. Uh, final question for you, uh, Adelia. You talked about, again, people have to do what – you know, for themselves. Um, it sounds like you're committed to staying. At, at Illinois with the coaching change, um, I'm, are you already working on your teammates, those who may be considering their options, working on keeping them in place as well? Yeah. Um, the uh, the people who, like, are kind of considering going or staying, I just kind of encourage them to do what's best and just to make sure they consider all of, like, the pros and cons. But I – I don't like to force people, but, you know, I'd be like, come on, just play with me another year. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah, but that, I'm... A, how can they turn that down? I don't know, right? But it's all about doing what's best for you, so I, I'm always going to support them. All right, well, we are um, obviously disappointed that, that the season is over and, and that there's a, a change coming, but we love your attitude. And, um, and, and, you know, just because the season's over doesn't mean you no longer uh, are an Illini gal. So we expect you to come back next week and the week after and talk some hoops with us and tell us more good stories about being a freshman in college. Yeah, once an Illini gal, always an Illini gal. That's right. Right? Sweet. <laughs> That's right. Mike, maybe you should come be our coach. I, trust me, you guys you deserve better. That. You deserve much better. You than do that. not want that. <laughs> trust me. I've watched his teams play. Oh my! Yeah, we 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 are great defense. We didn't score much, but, but free pizza <laughs> afterwards. So you know, okay. you know what you're eating. <laughs> you're in, right? That's right. Free pizza. I'm always. Oh, always great stuff. Adelia, always great to talk with you. Have a great weekend. Um, enjoy the basketball, and we look forward to talking with you next week. Thank you, guys. All right, that's Adelia McKenzie, the Illini gal from the Funny Illini women's basketball team, giving us uh, her perspective on uh, what's been a very busy, busy week and certainly a, a lot of changes and, and busy things to come here uh, in the weeks and months ahead. Quick time out here in the Sports Spectacular. Much more coming up as we, again, get ready for basketball. Looking forward to the Illini men, uh, the number one seed in the tournament, playing this weekend in Indianapolis. More from Indy after this. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and is much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. 
proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Enjoying the game? Log on to IlliniGuys.com and join in the conversation. Our game room offers real-time chat from our team of experts and analysts to enhance your game experience. And IlliniGuys.com offers insider information on recruiting and team prep that you just won't find anywhere else with hundreds of articles and podcasts for you to enjoy. Sign up now and become eligible for free $1,000 scholarships. The seven-day free trial makes it a no-brainer. Get in the know with IlliniGuys.com. Big Ten Tournament Weekend, and we are uh, talking to you here on the Atlanta Guys Sports Spectacular. Larry Smith, Mike Hegley, Brad Sturdy, and um, guys, it's March. You know that I, I get really excited to the point that I actually, as I mentioned last week, I just forget to sleep sometimes. Yeah, well, I can, I can see how you don't sleep because you wrote a fascinating piece on IlliniGuys.com that I think any fan should be reading before the NCAA tourney. And I want to ask you a few questions, Larry, because uh, a lot of people have never heard of the white jersey theory, and it's something that they see every year during March Madness. Yeah. When did you come upon this? You know, it, it began back at the 2001 NCAA tournament, and a referee actually admitted to me that the year before he gave a star player in the Elite Eight, he gave the star player, he committed his fifth foul. But he said, I knew that he couldn't, the team did not have a chance to come back and win the game if he was out. So I gave it to another player. I mean, he admitted that, that in the final minutes of a regional championship game, he purposely gave a foul to the wrong player. And that set me off on a journey. I went back, did some research back to 1998, and I've been following it ever since. And what happens is that, and it, it's, and I call it the white jersey theory, but really it can be any one team that, that, that the referees or a referee favors. But you can see a pattern where the favorite team, the team wearing white, because that's always the, you know, the higher seed, um, they, get, they get an advantage at, at the foul line in, in free throws. And um, this has happened time and time again. It, it happens consistently to the point that one time I was actually at Reagan Airport in D.C. And I was on actually I was in a, a text chat with some some guys who are Illini guys members. Now, Illini guys didn't exist back then. And uh, watching Villanova, the one seed against the five seed West Virginia at a game being played in Boston, West Virginia leading at halftime. But they were called three quick fouls all the way from the basket in the first 90 seconds. And before I boarded, I said, Villanova is going to come back and win the game. They're going to win by double digits and, and they're going to win at the free throw line. And one guy said, ah, I, I, you know, no, oh, don't, no, no disrespect. I don't think so. I mean, I've been a ref for years and used to ref youth games. I don't, I don't think so. I said, well, if that's the case. How can I predict that right here? I'm in Boston. I don't have a dog in the fight. How can I predict this is going to happen? And by the time I got off my plane in Atlanta, I got off the flight. That's exactly what had happened. So. So, so it was like the Wisconsin Nebraska game from the past Sunday. Exactly. The first- <laughs> Brad, exactly. And, and we all were texting each other, right? We all were going, okay, yes. here we go. Yeah, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have you guys ever seen a team? Nebraska had nine fouls before the first media timeout in the second half. Three minutes and 57 seconds. They had nine fouls called against them, including a flagrant two and a technical for intense staring. Yeah. It was <laughs> you, amazing. You just can't do that. You know, if he'd have been <laughs> intensely staring at someone's pizza, I get it. Like, I get why you get a technical <laughs> then. But he was just staring at 
the official. So, you know, there's oh, that was, that was amazing. So, so, you know, as you go along, is this, is this something that, um, the refs are, are basically expecting the favorites to win and they get kind of caught up in it or what do you think it is? Well, I think it is. I, I, here's the thing. I, and I'm, I'm not trying to call out referees. I think 99.9% of referees are outstanding. I, I really do. And I think that most of them just want their, their game. They want to sit in a periphery and, and they want to make sure their game is, is, is played by the rules. But I think what happens is it's subconscious. We, we all know this and, and this, this doesn't give a team because there's been teams that, and I, I detail this on the, on the stuff that I'm writing on a There have been teams that, that they've had the advantage and failed to take it. They failed to, to, to take advantage of it, of, of the advantage right. they were given 2007, elite eight, North Carolina is the one seed Georgetown, the two seed North Carolina outscores them at the free throw line, 27 to 10, but Georgetown rallies and goes to overtime. And then they outshoot them seven, nothing in overtime. So North Georgetown still had was negative 10 at the free throw line, but still won. Why? Because North Carolina didn't take advantage. They didn't get the ball down inside. They shot threes. They'd miss no rebounding. Georgetown would come back down. It happened to him again in 2009 in the final four. If you recall, North Carolina wearing white against Kansas, both were one seeds. Actually, sorry, 2008 um, down in San Antonio. The same thing happened. Kansas had a 40 to 12 lead in the first half that, but they also had nine fouls. Kansas had more fouls than North Carolina had field goals in the first 11 minutes of that game. And I said at the time, they went sitting next to me. I said, if Roy Williams will go inside, they would get a, they would get a foul every time. They went inside four times in the final nine minutes. Every time they were, you had Tyler Hansbro. If you sneeze on Tyler Hansbro, a foul would be called. Yep. Yep. All four times, they, something was called. And they eventually came back, tied it in the second half. Um, but it was, it was one of those literally like, okay, why aren't you seeing this? Like the referees are allowing you, they're giving you free points in the first half. They're trying to give you points. If you just recognize it. Um, well, and, and if, if you go to IlliniGuys.com, we have something called the game room, which is, is actually when, you know, our members and, and staff will go and kind of live watch a game together. And Brad will make a note at what time a team goes into the double bonus. Yeah. And it, it, Seems like the home team generally gets into the double bonus a little quicker in the second half or the team that's the heavy favorite. And then that totally changes the game around because, you know, and Brad can do a better job of explaining it than I can. But if somebody goes into the double bonus with 12 minutes left in the second half, it's really hard to beat them, even if you do have a 10 point lead. Yeah, it definitely is. It makes it makes a huge difference when you get it because then we, every time you attack the rim, you have a chance to get not oh, not a one and one. Then the hand checks are double, you know, two shots. It's things like that. You don't even have to be great free throw shooting team. You're getting two shots every time. So it's a uh, it's a huge advantage. Larry, I got to ask one question, though. How come I go back and I find a couple of games maybe in against Washington in 2006. <laughs> uh, maybe there was a game against Arizona in 2001. Well, I don't feel like the white Jersey got a payoff when it had an ILL on the front of it. Am I wrong? You are not wrong. One, the, the game against Washington was a second round game. And this really doesn't take into full effect until the second weekend. Okay. So that's, that's right. one. And because, because you see it's, that, it was still sucked, Larry, it, it, it still sucked. I'm <laughs> just telling you. Because it is because it is all over the board 
um, it's all over the board on in the first two weekends or the first weekend. I'm so the first two rounds. And so uh, it's hard to really pick a pattern on that. In 2001, you remember, and I wrote about this as well. Illinois was wearing white, but they were going up against Arizona and Lute Olson. And what happened to Lute Olson that year? His wife, Bobby, died on New Year's Day. Everyone loved Bobby. And when you think about it, Arizona gets those breaks. Arizona was wearing blue in 1997 in the title game against Kentucky wearing white. And Mike, what happened? Uh, They shot 42 free throws to 17. And somebody like me who hates Kentucky had to feel sorry for Kentucky. I'm still mad at the refs for making me feel those emotions. <laughs> well, look at the- Did it have anything to do with the uh, Lou Olson's white hair? <laughs> was there a white hair theory? I, I think, I think it could be a, it could be a, a, I think instead of white Jersey, the white hair theory might've taken over, yeah. but, but at the same time, it was one of those. And this was kind of a catalyst in me kind of saying, wait a minute, something is wrong that I was, you know, we, we had the game Illinois against Arizona in lead eight. In the first round of that same year, Arizona plays Eastern Illinois in Kansas City. Eugene Edgerson, the big 1970s-looking uh, 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 backup power forward, rips Ryan Kelly's arm off to the point that Kelly screams in pain with a dislocated shoulder, had to leave the game, and literally like only played like another 12 games, and he like quit basketball as a sophomore. Um, never, play, never played after that. He, 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 ripped, he, he dislocated his shoulder. No foul was called. There was no, I mean, and, and the guy's screaming. I mean, he was right there. There was no, it wasn't like it was hidden. I mean, it was right in front of everybody. And they were already running back down court when he did this. Um, but they get to the title game up against Duke. And I'll never forget, I was sitting near the Arizona bench and Jordan Arenas made a move and was calling for the, you know, the foul travel, whatever. And he turned and looked in my eyes. My line of vision was right along with Lou Dolson's. He turned and looked at Lou. He couldn't believe it was, a, it was a play he'd gotten away with all season long. And all of a sudden, like the calls they were getting, for five games to get to the title game, they weren't getting now because it was Duke on the other side. The same weekend that Duke had the crazy plays against Maryland to come back late in the first half, they were down and they wound up coming back and beating Maryland at the time, also in the ACC and the, and the, you know, the possible third foul in the backcourt against, uh, you know, Jay Williams that, that, that was never called because they were wearing white. So um, another thing too, it's 2005 and Illinois wearing orange, North Carolina wears white, even though, Illinois was that was the favorite and you recall the, the free throws there the team in white North Carolina shot 24 to Illinois six James Augustine fouls out in only nine minutes of play um, you know it's a subconscious thing that that's the team that's supposed to win and they're not going to they're not going to allow you to win but they're going to put you in position to win 2003 Kansas wearing white Syracuse wearing orange people forget Kansas shot 30 free throws in that game but they only made 12 Kansas lost by one if Kansas had just shot, made half their free throws, they'd be a national champion in Roy Williams' final game with Kansas, but they couldn't hit it. But again, the refs put them in position to win, and that's the, that's the white jersey theory. It's a thing to watch. Not so much this weekend or next weekend, um, but it, it will happen. We saw it happen last week in Wisconsin. We saw it happen in Illinois at home against Michigan State. Michigan State, Illinois is leading by 10, cruising along. All of a sudden, they are called for three fouls in the first you know, two minutes. Um, Michigan State in the bonus before the 14 minute mark and that this those, came back and and Larry those those fouls were the kind of the keynote that you you brought to to light in there is those were fouls that were away from the ball so all of a sudden now there's like a after a first half of WWE like action now all of a sudden off ball somebody breathes and they're getting a foul called yeah 
Yeah. It was, exactly. it was crazy because you pointed it out and then it started happening. And then we were all angry at you. Yeah. Not that you did anything. I blame Larry. <laughs> I do blame Larry. <laughs> oh, my Somebody on the board said the referee, referees be mad at you. And I'm like, well, they can take a number. Like a lot of people mad at me. That's fine. So, but yeah, we you know, write about it on Atlantaguys.com and we'll keep talking. Me, me too. It starts with my wife. <laughs> he's the most mad at me and then we all go down and it goes from there exactly. and the rest Mike's of us are on the list exactly <laughs> yeah a lot of guys.com a lot of premium content on there and um certainly i know that the, the three of us and everyone here at the lanai guys are happy to provide that um as we'll be providing as well complete coverage as uh, we're at all the tournament games uh, from now all the way through that special monday night in new orleans uh we're going to speak it into truth right there this is uh the year of the Illini. here it is uh, all right, good stuff, guys. We'll talk more uh, about that, and we'll talk a little. Um, uh, we'll talk dirty dozen too. But you know what, dirty dozen we can't get into just yet. But you need to go to alanaguys.com, and here's why. And we got to get in a break. The dirty dozen is a formula that has never missed. It's eleven and zero. It began back in two thousand nine, and it's a byproduct of the white jersey theory. And it is where the you can take the top twenty four teams, the top six seed lines. And put those teams into the matrix, and you can tell the 12 teams that will not win the NCAA championship. It has never missed, including 2015 when Kentucky was undefeated. The matrix said, nope, they're dirty, and they were. They lost. So, um, But, you know, we, we're going to give that special only to Illini Guys members to help with their brackets. So we'll, we'll get more to that next week. How's that? Is that fair enough? You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. I'm Kofi Coburn. When it comes to facing my opponents on the basketball court, that's easy. You know what else is easy? OSF On-Call Urgent Care. That's right, Kofi. When you need care for minor illnesses and injuries that's easy to get when and where you need it, OSF On-Call Urgent Care is your MVP. Walk in 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even holidays, or connect with a virtual visit 24-7, 365 days a year. Visit osfoncall.org slash urgentcare. Atlanta Guys Sports Spectacular. Hey, time has really flown by. Final thoughts, Michael. If you're listening to us on the Atlanta Guys Radio Network, you need to go see the movie Batman. It is the best Batman movie I think that I've ever seen. It didn't have as great a villain as Heath Ledger as the Joker, but Pattinson's amazing as Batman. The villain, the Riddler, is excellent. Go watch it. The mood is incredible. Fun movie. Very, very good movie. Don't miss it. Yeah, I loved it as well. Definitely go to the bathroom before it starts, though, because it's three hours long. Um, (laughs) So you got that going for you. But Zoe Kravitz also, shout out, awesome as the Catwoman. You know, I thought she was great. So fun movie, definitely. Uh, you know, it's it, it's it's very gritty, but uh, I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah, who would thought who would have thought it was going to be almost as long as the Lord of the Rings? <laughs> and Zoe Kravitz, that's high praise. There have been some fantastic Catwomen through the years. Yes. So all right. Yeah, and, and I like Catwoman. Catwoman's a good character. Halle Berry, Michelle Pfeiffer. I mean, I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing a, a trail here. Anne Hathaway. No wonder Brad likes Catwoman. I like Catwoman. Back in the day. There you go. Meow. (laughs) We're going to pussyfoot our way on out of here and get back into the uh, the basketball. Big Ten championships happening this weekend. We're here for it. All of it right here. Don't forget uh, pregame and postgame coverage all the way through on IlliniGuys.com. For everyone, we want to say thanks so much for joining us, and we will see you same time next week. Go Illini.
ILL. This has been a presentation of LMBC Sports, LLC, and JM Talent Productions. We'll be back next week on the Illini Guys Radio Network on these same stations across Illinois.